right. Yeah. UKJ is an essential worker out in London, and he got called into the hospital, so he could not be with us for this episode of Gallery Radio. <laughs> However, we are lucky enough to have KPFK host producer extraordinaire joining us today to interview our special guest. Before that happens, just give us a quick little background on who you are and what you do. Yo, yo, what's up, everybody? My name is Eliodoro Sanchez. I go by LA Native, L.A.N.A.V, working for that Soul Rebel Radio, KPFK 90.7 FM, Los Angeles, as well as One Part of Codex Planet, Juice Crew Los Angeles. Check it out. Here we go. Very, very special guest in the building today. This man is a MC, a producer, a mentor, an educator. Introduce yourself, let them know who it is. What's up, y'all? It's Baba Fly out of Denver, Colorado. B-A-B-A-H-F-L-Y. Yeah, buddy. <laughs> For everyone out here listening and, you know, in the land of podcasting and radio land, musically, non-musically, what inspired you to be where you're at now? Um, I grew up in, in Little Rock, Arkansas. Okay. And um, I grew up in the hood in Little Rock. And you know, my mom is from here in Denver. She, like, her, her mom's from um, New Mexico. And her dad was from Sicily. But, you know, she's got, like, like Latin blood, like, you know, so she... She's in Arkansas, like, and we're at like a like a house party. And I was like nine or ten. And she looks at me and she goes, get up and break dance. Y'all break dance? I had no idea what the what it was. I was like, you know, I was like nine years old, like, okay. Okay, mom. You know, started like, you know, just in my mind I was thinking like break. You know, so I started like, you know, flipping. I could do like, you know, I was acrobatic, you know, I was, so I was like doing flips and like okay. you know. It's me and my brother, and like, all of a sudden we were breakdancers. <laughs> and then, you know, like, around my neighborhood in Little Rock, like, there's a lot of Chicago people, a lot of people from uh, New York. Um, so it's very, like, East Coast, Midwest kind of vibe. You know, like, influence as far as hip-hop. And um, we used to just get cardboard and just, like, you know, meet on the corner. And sometimes we, we fist fight, but okay. when we didn't fist fight, we used to battle. That was, you know, hip-hop kind of saved me in that sense, you know? You know, I'm this white boy, you know, like, living in predominantly black neighborhood, you know what I'm saying? Yeah. There was like, oh, what you got? You know, like, so that was good. It was like good, you know, vibes. And, and um, I've always been very musical. Like my, well, my great grandfather was like a Sicilian opera singer. His son, my grandfather was like a, like a doo-wop singer. Mm-hmm. Like when he came over, like they, he went to Harlem and he was in like lines with Frank Sinatra and shit like that. Wow. Uh, like, you know, trying out. Cause you know, Sicilians are like this like community out there. But so he was like in that circuit. They came here after World War II. And my mom is a, she's a pianist. My younger brother's like got his master's degree in jazz piano. My other brother's like a comedian slash singer slash piano player. I got another brother that plays saxophone. I grew up like without any instruments. So I just grew up beatboxing and like, you know, dancing. Mostly dancing in the beginning. It was all about dancing. But like when I was young, it was like we didn't think of it as rapping, but we would just kind of like snap on each other. And that would just like <laughs> turn into like raps. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, your mom jokes, but like they would just be like long occasional rhyming yeah exactly that's how that's how it started and just like you know (laughs) growing up doing that and then my parents got into like you know nicer neighborhoods you know i still like had that in me and you know i listened to a lot of hip-hop music you know and i mean i started out listening to like planet rock and you know just sugar hill gang all that shit you know like when i was a kid i know my mom's always been an artist she's like always done music and it's it's in my family like to kind of like you know some of the blood to sort of just be doing this stuff came natural i was really good at like basketball for a little bit and then i was really good at skateboarding i'd be skating around these chicks i'd be like damn i I don't have any game like i have no game 
like to talk to these girls. You know what I mean? Like, so I started writing lyrics like in like junior high school. Like I carry a notebook around and I start like writing rhymes. You know, because instead of being like, oh, hi, girl, you know, I was like, I had like, you know, more of a uh, more game. Where I was at, political and, and, and all that stuff, you know, it was like the first Iraq war and stuff. And, and like, I had like this anti war sentiment in my lyrics. And so, like, you know, I was coming out like a political rapper. I used to listen to like, you know, all the Def Jam shit, Slick Rick, PE, LL Cool J, BC Boys. That was a big influence, like, junior high school, you know, just like that vibe. Um, and I think my first concert was actually PE. Mm. That was like a big influence. And then, you know, I got hit with, with like native tongue style shit. I would listen to like Tribe's first album and Daylight's first album. Like, <laughs> All right. oh my God, you could just be like an artist. You don't have to be like hard, you know. I think my first record I ever bought was like Run DMC, Raising Hell. My brother bought a Motley Crue album, Shout Out the Devil. And I bought Run DMC, Raising Hell. My parents were like, you can get a record, you can get a record. So that's what we brought home. But uh, <laughs> me and my brother used to enter a breakdance contest. Like we got second place in a breakdance contest in Little Rock. You know, I could spin on my head, I could, you know, windmill. Like, you know, just, I was a rubber band kid, you know, back in the day. Nowadays that hurts. <laughs> Back then it was cool. Now it's like uh, I'm gonna be out for half a day. Yeah, like my this. shoulders is killing me, homie. I gotta go get a massage. <laughs> Where's that? Where's that Ben Gay at, man? Let me eat some bro. I'm gonna that Tiger bomb right quick. Uh, <laughs> putting a little bit of Vicks on your chest, like okay, serious, <laughs> man. Serious. This has like to do something. Like you know, wow. I've been, you know, because I've been around. I've been around, you know, because I. I'm, Juice Hip Hop is, you know, we're a nonprofit that works with at-risk youth of in Los Angeles, and we we have we hold the, all four elements of hip hop in one housing, you know. Oh. And at the end of the day, after seeing all the b boys that are there, that been there, that grew from being teenagers to now being 30s with kids or 40s, you're just like, you see what they do, the little tits and secrets they do, for they don't hurt, they they stretch, mm -hmm. and then they put a little bit of Vicks on their on the bottom of their heels, and I'm like. This is crazy. Wow. A little bit on their chest, and I'm like, that fiction is like, real. That's crazy. <laughs> that's real. Damn, that's real. So that's that. That's that hood solution, man. Vicks for everything. Mm -hmm. I bought one of those inflatable hot tubs. That's my. That's my secret. What? <laughs> bro, five hundred dollars, bro. You just that shit in your back porch. I've never even heard of this. If bro, I did I. Yo, yeah, Amazon. I'm gonna, I'm gonna get one to put it in my kitchen. Bro. <laughs> <laughs> For real. Have it in the living room in front like, of Netflix. Like, yo, I'm in the hot tub, yeah, bro. Yeah. Oh, fool, you wanna sit on the couch? Hold up, let me deflate this right quick. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, <laughs> You know, Rum DMC and all them, you know, what does it feel like to like be on the same stage sharing with the OGs and pioneers of hip hop? I'm from Little Rock, you know, cats, cats don't really, they see me and they're like, mm, he can maybe rap. And then they see me rap and they're like, oh shit, he can rap. You know, like, yeah. I, I did a, sh I opened up for uh, Drez or for Black Sheep. Okay. I remember like going backstage and, and Drez was like, man, where are you from? Like, he was just like, who are you? And I felt really good, man, just to be like, you know, recognized and just like, you know, meeting all those cats and, and you know, hanging out with, with, with that vibe. It's, it's, it's been amazing, you know, like, done shows with KRS-One and Slick Rick. And I remember being a, a kid in the mall 
and Slick Rick came in on the uh, the Death Jam tour, and I went up and got his autograph. You know, like you know, when I was like 10 years old, and then like years later, I'm opening up, you know, driving, picking him up from the his hotel, him and his wife, and he's like, I'm Rick. I'm like, I know who you are, but yeah, yeah, <laughs> shit is dope. Shit is really dope. You know, they're the greats. They hold us up. You know, like their foundation is just like. It's, it's, it's what makes us who we are and you know and we we can progress from that you know those those pillars and it feels great you know like I'm, I'm honored to be in the cipher it's like the cutting edge of reality if you if you know what I mean like it's like as human beings you know like that's our truest culture you know what I'm saying for us is in, in America mm-hmm. but like it's our true indigenous um, connection you know in a lot of ways yeah. the MC and shit has been good. Words are spells. Words are like, you know, affirmations. I first started with my body, you know, with, mm-hmm. with, with b-boying and, and mastering my physical. And then words were like, you know, mental and, you know, you know, and that's what the greats have taught me to, to, to master self. It's been a blessing in that sense. And that's been expanded, you know, through healing arts and other things like that. Um, I'm teaching like Tai Chi. I teach a music production class. We have Movement Mondays. So I do like Tai Chi, I do Qigong, and then we have Tasty Tuesdays, so we bring in food, Word Wednesdays, we do wordplay, and then like, you know, Thursdays and Fridays, the kids are gonna design those days, you know, so I definitely implement a lot of the wellness, you know, knowledge that comes from hip-hop practices, you know, like b-boying and MCing. Three years ago, I found, I would say the MC guru of Denver. He mentored under Uroy, and he's uh, friends with like Eco Mouse, but he's also my Tai Chi instructor, and he's also an Olympic boxer. So I've been training training with him with uh, you know the physical stuff, but then like we get down and like share the history and the like you know Jamaican toaster history, and I just feel blessed, man. I like you find a master. I found a master. When I first uh, started rocking in Denver, there was this cat uh, Spellbinder who was like you know dancehall reggae style. And you know, I see him at the at the places out here. You know, the master that I'm t- learning from, Master Clark, mentored Spellbinder. Spellbinder, kind of like he's like, you know, he's a big pillar in this scene, where you know, a lot of the foundation for MCing out here, I think, wouldn't be the same without Master Clark. You know, he came out here in the '80s to train for a Korean World Championship fighting thing because of the altitude, and he he stayed on Korean time, so he woke up at sunset and fell asleep at sunrise. And rode his bike 30 miles in the mile high. This is crazy shit. He like he called the uh, news studio here, Nine News, and was like, "Do you know you'll have a a world champion fighter in your city right now?" And they interview him. They find out in the interview that he hasn't won the fight yet. So they're like, they're like, "Wait, what?" This motherfucker goes out to Korea, right off the plane, jumps in the ring, wins it, kills it, you know what I'm saying? Comes back here and it's like this huge thing and like he made this big splash out here like that. <laughs> then the, the Broncos asked him to train for their championship year. So he trained the Broncos, but this, it's been like, you know, a good thing for me, like, you know, physically just to get back in it, you know what I mean? I, I joke about being sore, but I can still break and, you know, like I can still go and I'm 48, bro. Shit. Mm-hmm. I thought you were like 32, man. Hey. It's the breaking. The breaking keeps you young, it's bro. The hip, it's yep. the hip hop. It's the hip hop in me. Yep. <laughs> 38, but I got like Run DMC, uh, Slick Rick, and uh, <laughs> that. <laughs> so I like went back. He was like, yo, let me study that old shit. That's funny. Peanut gallery. Peanut gallery. Slim. Slim. Come on, let's go. Check it. 
peace to all my peoples all across the lands Keep doing your thing like you got the fam And of course, there's always got to be a spot to jam I know who I am, so you know we got the proper plan When I step into function, the rhymers, they get shook Took by my presence, my vibes, yo, they get hooked in they brain They drain from all the pain they cause others While we breaking the chains, charge the game for all cover We in this, before we even play, yo, we win this We been crisp, sharp, high definition image I been shift, and shape my path, rap endless They sentence, after sentence, they have your interest peaked Dancing all up in the beat Top your head to your chest, fist to your feet Hit you with the rhythm so hard, feel it in your sleep You know you love it, you just dissing cause she's in the meat Hip hop, hip hop, hip hop Peter Gallery, Peter Gallery Check it out, EP2, Denver, Denver Chicago, Chicago, LA, LA My word, my word Planet acid in the prison. I worship the unseen. More between the molecules, on the choices I clean. Like the Sequenti Oath, hers throughout the universe. I merge with many terms. In love with, I feel the hurt. The blood of the fire force to clear the soul. Desire spreading love, adding. Making moves or making magic. Clashing forces, cause static. Basket energy, currency. Automatic shit, currency. Going mastery. Negative, the positive, the free come through it. Always make it through it, lay the ground for people coming after me Run through it like a relay, surviving through it, stay If I will fly at my boys in the cypher signs, it's okay No delay, cause we got to do the work here The moment too sustainable, I say it is attainable Just before the night side, you know the times get dark Except it in the presence, be momentum for the spark Come on As a musician, as a hip-hop producer and MC, describe your sound, your process, and your end goal. I, I have this like kind of quote in the in, on my Instagram. It says like, "Verbal Reiki spitter, heartbeat translator." And so I'm just trying to like like be a conductor, a conduit of you know the source of the God within all of us. You know what I'm saying? And, and, and heartbeat translator is just like. You know the rhythm and timing of my physical, you know, flesh on this on this realm um, is translated into like the beats. When I was young, I used to meditate and like listen to like my heartbeat, but then also feel like there's other rhythms that are happening in your body. And so like I used to pay attention to that a lot. You know, beats are kind of like structures of our bodies, like reflected in you know what we're kind of um, how we're intaking into the world. You know, and I try to like paint my perception of that world through beats um, and, and rhythms and, and harmonies and melodies and vibrational things. And um, I love music. It, 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 it uplifts me in my own life. It just like keeps my spirits really good, uh, cleansed and clear. And I can only hope that what I do in my practice is influential on other people to possibly bring them some of that insight, some of that joy um, within their lives. You know what I'm saying? It's like reflecting struggles that I go through with lyrics and you know moods and, and things like that to like you know kind of show people that there's a route to like being centered and being connected. And, and you know I just want people to feel connection. You know in the music. 
that's <laughs> that's the end goal. You know, as I was talking to Anacron earlier, he was telling me that you make beats off a little pocket, a pocket machine, a little mm-hmm. item smaller than a TV remote. You know, walk us through that process that you got of making beats from scratch off just your little um, stuff smaller than a calculator, smaller than a remote. Yeah, they're they're called they're called pocket operators. Um, they're made by Teenage Engineering. You know, I, I'm, I teach Ableton. I can teach all the like, you know, digital audio, audio workstation stuff, Pro Tools, you know, all that stuff. And it's just, it's too easy. Like I started when I first started making beats. I had a turntables and like a, a I think a DR5 drum machine, Alisa's DR5 or something like that. I was scratching the samples, on, you know, like rewind it on the other track to the yeah. drums and then record it on the tape player. And that just, you know what I'm saying, there's some raw shit that goes into that, you know, and like in, in digging for records and like syncing it up to the drum drum machines. That's all I had to work with. That was like, you know, in high school, that's what I fuck with. And when I got out of high school and it, it was on my own, I got an Emacs. These like kind of keyboard sampler with sequencer, but they don't have like a, uh, they don't quantize. Mm. So you just have to like be ready once you press record, boom, 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 and then stop it and it would loop. And you can add layers to it. That was like amazing, buying records and sampling records and you know, I figured out how to like MIDI control the Emacs with the drum machine. So I could like use the drum machine to check, you know, hit those buttons. I never got like an SP1200 or anything like that, but I saved up more money and I bought a uh, Insonic ASR10. And that was my joint for a while. Made a lot of beats on that, you know, made my first record on that. As time progressed, that got old and I switched to computers. It was cool at first, you know, cause you could just do so much that you wish you could have done on those boxes. And that was great and I got really good at it. I got bored. It's like so many choices you could make in those things, I guess. Well, I don't want to do anything now. <laughs> so that's what got me back into these pocket operators cause they're like 40 seconds of sap- sample time. It's all analog. You could just show up and with the beat machine and plug it into like an eighth inch and just go. And somebody's like, oh, you rap. And I'm like, I push the button, I'm like, boom. I don't say yes, I just rap. The ultimate elevator pitch. Oh, you rap? Yeah, yeah, check it out, check it out, boom. You know what I mean? I wear it around yeah. my neck. And then I got this other machine uh, by Teenage Engineering called the OPZ. Okay. And it's like a sampler sequencer. It's a little bit more uh, to it than, you know, it's more capable. Um, it's like, it looks like a remote control. These look like calculators. The OPZ looks, yeah. looks like a remote control. And that shit has a fucking mic on it. So I'd be like in my like in my car with the eighth inch hooked up, rapping, freestyling over my beats while I'm driving. So like I just you know I keep the shit like next to me all the time. It's just something I do all day every day. Tell us a little bit how you got into the gallery. My homie Mike Word was doing a show with Anacron, just kind of like vibing. We had like a couple shows in the weekend. We had like this kind of introductory show at a tattoo shop and, you know, started freestyling, brought my beat machines, you know, we kind of hooked up and then we did a show together and rocked it. And from there, it just kind of like we all connected, we all gelled real well. Um, I feel like it's a lot of similar vibes, you know, hip hop, you know, bringing that spirit with us and good linking and, and just like where we're at, you know, like as artists and educators and just, you know, it's more than just the music, it's, it's like the culture. So like just vibing on the culture. And just yep. You and Dill7 both, were, you know, were introduced to me by way of Mike Word. Yeah. You're a big part of just Denver's hip hop scene in general and contribute a lot. Yeah. Coming from Little Rock to Denver, how did Denver and, you know, being able to collaborate and work with and grow with cats like Mike Word and Hill 7 how did that help you to develop as an artist? A lot of my friends in Little Rock were going to jail. I mean, last night in Little Rock was a shootout. 
So I was really on some like, I didn't get my life straight. Like I was 18 and like, I caught a case at 16 for like a heist that I pulled. So I was just on some crazy shit with like hustler dudes and, and coming to Denver, some clean slate shit. Like I was like, I need to get my life together. I, I seen people go to jail, you know what I mean? I seen people get fucked up. So I was like, I need to figure out something to do with my life. I started on that path. I didn't meet Mike until I was like, maybe 29. I was 29 when I met Mike. I worked at a graffiti shop where I was selling tips and spray paint cans, and they put turntables and a mixer in the counter, like built it in the counter, and I, I showed up with my beat machine, and like we had speakers, and it was just like this like kind of community type place. It was in a tattoo shop. Yeah. You know, I was working on this really dope song, and I don't think I had enough zips to save the beat. So I was like, I was <laughs> Old like, school. you know what I'm saying? I was like, I was just playing this beat. And like I couldn't turn the machine off. I had the mic out in the store area. We had like a little couch near the clothing racks and shit. So like, I was just like writing this song called Sober Eye. We was talking about like the difference between intoxication and sobriety. You could be intoxicated, but still have clarity, right? Or you could be intoxicated and not have clarity and you're not sober. You know what I mean? So like I was, this song's called Sober Eye. So I was like, it's a pretty deep song. And Mike walks in, you know, like 21 year old Mike wearing his little like Jamaican Tom hat. Or, you know, it just like, he was like taken back by the, you know, the the, the song and, and, the, and the beat. So we just started vibing from there. I ran the shop. So it was like, it was a part of the tattoo shop, but it was like a, a door down. So like, it was like our own little spot, our own little like center. And next to us was this other place called Breakdown Books, where they had like Noam Chomsky books and shit like that. It was like socialist kind of movement next to us. And so like, you know, you got the, the tattoo shop, the hip hop shop, and then the like socialist, you know, activation shop. Man, that's a conservative's nightmare all over the world. Running, you know, running downtown around a bunch of, you know, crackheads and shit. Yeah. We started doing shows at the bookstore in the basement. And then there was this art gallery called Revoluciones that my friend uh, Jeremy and, and Sima used to run. You know, I used to do shows there all the time. We bring in like a lot of graffiti artists. I'm part of a crew called RTD, which is a graffiti crew out here. We're out here doing it. And you know, I'm around a lot of that art. When they would do shows, they would be like, we need an MC, we need somebody rapping. So I'd be the guy. I exposed Mike to all that shit, all the hip hop shit. Cause he was listening to like Snoop and all that shit, you know, which is dope yeah. hip hop, but he didn't, he was just getting introduced into like the dancing. Um, underground. Underground stuff, yeah, so like. Yeah. I had this uh, tape out, or no, this is a CD out called I of Certainty. And I was like, yo, man, you could go downtown and sell these CDs, you know, just I'll, I'll give them to you for like $2. You can make $8. You know, I gave him a hell of a deal. So he was downtown selling my CD, and he met this dude, Malik, um, who became a part of our crew, and he was a B boy. So we all just started gathering at the shop, and we would just train, man. We, we would. Sometimes we do Ramadan together, like we fast during the day, make salat, and then we like eat, and then we make music. Mm -hmm. You know, we just show up every day doing this stuff. Like the shop kind of provided this uh, this space for us. You know, that's super dope, man. Yeah, and Il Seven would come by. He was in a crew with uh, this dude Op One called uh, Isolated Generation. I had like a I had like a little studio at the crib, and I produced, so I would bring cast, you know, everybody back to the house and make music. A lot of the people out here that are doing shit kind of came through with DJ Kavum, The Reminders, you know, all, all, they're all fam. It's a blessing that like a lot of those cats are still doing it, you know what I mean? Like everybody's still got it going on, so it's dope. So that community piece has obviously been real instrumental in your growth and your development and, and your successes. How important is community? And why is a network like the gallery important? Just that, you know, that old structure of having a crew. Why is that important to keep 
people in development and in growth. I mean, it's, it's, I think communities, like you said, it, it's like growth and development. It's like reflection. It's um, keeping people accountable, keeping people like, you know, sharpen, sharpen our swords, you know, like making sure that we're on point, making sure that we're, you know, making some dope shit, like, you know, having peer evaluation, you know, having like network to where we can like build and, 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 and you know, expand our network and expand, you know, our message. and. I think what we're doing in the gallery is, is what's needed, you know, in this day and time. You know, the more that we can get out, the more we can connect that, the better the world will be, you know what I mean? And we gotta start from here. We gotta start from like our communities and build that up, build it strong so like we have a good foundation to expand on and that people can like come here if they need to come here for that. And yo, the truth is so beautiful and painful at the same time. But the truth will truly set you free like this. Breath was lying to myself, trying to hope for something that we can't live out the idea of marriage as a sacrament. Hearts wander out in the journey, doesn't match with it. So mutual, our friend circles different Find it hard to be relatable, too much debatable Barely able to agree on nothing, we waste our time I'd rather be building something And then we throw in his fit, let's stop yeah. And resolve this shit You yeah. see, it's fucked It's how we're holding on to it Holding on this shit so tight that in a touch the pain trends hit It's bust Let's let go of this From the guilt, and the blame, I really needed a vacation. Not to say it as it was when we decided to get married. Yeah, the pain is separation, but our fate is temporary. We have to bear the burden of the truth we ain't meant to be. To death do us part. Now I feel it's the start of a whole new chapter. See a light in our journey, though we ain't working out. We still blessed with positivity. The lessons of the heart are the hardest to learn, but the soil more fertile as the fire get burned. 
Are you a Muslim? Muslim just means follower and believer in God. So I translate it as that. Yeah. You know, organized religion, I'm with it. I can't commit to just one. You know what I mean? I like yeah. I like I like seeing all of it, but I feel like it it, it it tapped into me, just my being, you know what I mean? Like it was just something that like it came to me, you know what I mean? It, it saved me out of some shit. Yeah, I mean, I make salat, you know, I, I do the, the five pillars. Also, like, it's deeper, it's beyond like what man can create. Yeah. I mean, I've been with Muslim cats all the time. So I mean, yes, I am a Muslim, but in the same whole indoctrination of everything, no. Yeah. You know, so it's like both. So both yes and yeah, no. Yeah, yeah. I, I understand exactly what you're saying. As many critiques as I have of organized religion personally, right. yeah, I think that religion is an excellent place to build community and to teach people about community and leaning on one, one another and all that. Also, I believe that every religion is led by man and man has motives. Right. You and I, I, mean? feel like, and, I feel like my religion is like connectivity. The disagreeable things about religion are the superiority complexes. The superiority complex in general, you know, that's the thing where I kind of like hold breaks on like that because I'm like, I had this kid, dope rapper, but he's super like, Jesus is everything, bro. And like, I love that for him and I don't want to take that away from him. And you know, I, I told him like, I studied stuff. He, you know, he wanted to get in this kind of like, what religion is better argument. I'm like, bro, what you're doing is connecting you to your source. You're doing the thing, bro. You know what I mean? That's my attitude towards it. For you. Like there's this, yeah. there's this like quote that Rumi talked about. He said, uh, somebody asked him, what religion are you? And he said, whatever religion you need me to be so that you feel closer Ooh. to God. That's, that's my attitude towards it. You know what I mean? There you go. And like when I think of God and the way God is taught and what God represents, there are so many things in religions that I feel are obviously designed by and come from man. Right. Because those are not godly ideas. You know, right. your own interpretation of God, uh, you know, directly contradicts some of the things that you're teaching. Right. In my development work, and one of my annual clients is a, it's a Christian university. And every year that I get to go work there, I have some of the most amazing discussions with these very, very devout Christian kids. <clears throat> Not kids, I mean, they're adults, but you know what I'm right. saying? Right, kids. The they're kids, <laughs> you know, they're in college, they're kids. And you know, a conversation I had with, with a guy uh, last year, you know, he asked me, he said, you know, so do you believe in, I think he said, do you believe in God? And my answer essentially was, I believe in God, but I don't believe in man's interpretation of it. Ooh, yes sir, you know? Yeah. I feel like we can only circle the truth. But we can't yeah. just, it's the truth is the truth. We're not gonna be able to like talk, we're gonna keep circling it, which is what a cipher is. Which is why like human beings talk and that's it's a good thing, you know what I mean? But like also having the understanding and overstanding, this shit is always gonna be bigger than what we can describe with words. But like I said, like the, the fear, the inferiority, the superiority thing, that's all like rooted in disconnection. Cause if you're like trying to be superior to something, it's like you're kind of acknowledging that you're not connected to it. Yeah. Right? Yeah. Or fearing it. You're not a connect you know what I mean? Everything's connected. So like, you know, just like Islam Islam means the path of peace. Yeah, Islam, salam, that means peace, you know? Shalom, shalom, peace, peace. It's, it's all in the language, man. It's just like some people needed to rule other kingdoms and shit. You know what I mean? Yeah. That's what happened. Yeah. <laughs> Would you say that's what got you into the healing arts? I went to school for music engineering. 2001, I graduated. Mm -hmm. You know, I got kids. I got had like two kids. I was making like $20,000 like doing music. I was just like dying, you know what I'm saying? And, and I was going to this gig and this drummer pulled up in a nice car and I was like, yo, who's your girlfriend? Cause she bought you a nice car. And he was like. <laughs> <laughs> 
That's like, you know, that's a joke. Like, musicians are broke. But he's like, nah, man, I'm, I, I do massage and on the side. So I was like, oh, shit. When we did the b-boy shit when we were kids, we would watch, like, kung fu flicks, you know what I mean? And, like, we were kind of, like, martial art savvy with breaking just because some of the moves were kind of, like, martial artist kind of shit. So I was always kind of into that st- stuff. In college, I did some yoga, um, started doing massage, and that really just kind of rooted it in. And then I started studying, like, sound healing and what sound is and vibrational healing and, you know, everything is vibration, the mysticism of vibration, the vibration of sound. I studied uh, a lot of Sufism, Hazrat Inayat Khan, who was, like, this uh, Persian musician that came to the States in, like, 1910 talking about quantum physics and shit, and, like, really spreading scientific, mystical knowledge, you know what I'm saying? Shit that a lot of the scientists are, like, going, oh, yeah, that's right. I studied him, like, at a, at a young age, like, maybe when I was 18. Sorry, you know, I was, I was super into, like, Islam, and, you know, I did, like, a declaration of faith when I was, like, 19. Uh, my family's from Sicily. There's Algerian people in our family. There's like a lot of North African people. And I feel like most, a lot of Sicilians that I meet, they're like, yeah, somehow we're like connected in this. Cause like a lot of them convert to Islam. It's a trip. But yeah, I had this like kind of mentor, this dude Habib. He showed me how to make Salat. And the night he showed me, I woke up from a dream and there was like a tornado, like whirlwind in my basement. And there was only one room, one window. So this shit just blew the window open. It started, like all these papers started flying off. This fucking, it scared the shit out of me. I made it a lot. So I, I did like a prayer and it stopped. You know, so I was tripping on that. Another episode, like I was walking through the Denver Public Library, turned another corner down the hallway, thinking about like, you know, I wonder if like some of my family like has like connection. I grab a book that says African history. And I opened to a page and it says Fatima in Sicily. And Fatima was like the prophet's wife. And then, you know, I started talking, you had like some meetings with some imams and they're like, it will be revealed to you how you are related. In this sort of like mystical, spiritual sense, you know, I've been tapped into that. And also when I was like a kid in Little Rock, a lot of my friends were drug dealers and I used to sell a lot of LSD and, uh, and weed. So like that had an influence on it too. So. <laughs> The drug game got me into the spirit game, you know what I'm saying? By taking the LSD, it kind of opened your mind and brought your spectrum a little Absolutely. bit. It gave you it gave you a more insight of what what there really is on the playing field. Right. Through your own eyes, but through the other side of the eyes, of the other dimensions and universe right. that unfolds, you know? Because reality, you're escaping reality, but at the same time, you're healing yourself from what's deeply hurting inside. Yeah. You're, you're, you're healing that pain. It shows the connection to everything. And I feel like, I feel like when I've had bad trips, it's been like, Oh shit, I've been thinking this thought for too long. It, you know, for me, like that's what it was. It was like, you know, seeing where I wasn't connected. Cause LSD I feel like opens you up to like letting you know that everything, all life is connected. Living some some lie thinking you're not, that shit will open you up. And sometimes it will be like quote unquote a bad trip, but then you'll like be like, oh, I need to work on myself. You know, that's kind of mm-hmm. how I felt like on that stuff. I was lucky enough to like grab grab books like the uh what that Be Here Now, that Ram Das book. Mm-hmm. And it's all about like a, a Harvard psychiatrist psych- that takes LSD and discovers all this shit, you know, all the stuff that like he's been trying to like figure out within his life, you know, deep connections and stuff like that. So, and, and it's, it, you know, hip hop, listening to hip hop on, on LSD is a different trip, bro. Here's some other shit, you know what I mean? Listen to Rakim. Listen to Rakim on, on LSD. I can only imagine. I was listening to what was it? Some, and I was listening to like some West Coast and I'm just like, why are they so angry? Like, you're like, why are you so angry, bro? Like, I get it. I, I know why you're angry, but like, why are you angry at this man though for no reason? Like, mm. I, I listen to some what, some battle tracks. You don't even know this man. He's like brand new to you in your life. You just you. But why are you so aggressive? Like, I get it. That's the whole the whole culture behind battle rapping. 
Right. You know, but then again, you're like, you know, they don't mean what they're meaning, but they're trying to just, they're trying to earn the next title, trying to get the next level. Right. You know. Right. In the in the '90s, and like I was around with a lot of drug dealers and you know hustlers and shit. I seen people get killed on LSD. Like I've been, I through some fucked up shit. You know what I'm saying? Through that, you know, just seeing like the contrast of all that, and that's probably the source of the bad trip is like when the when the dudes got murdered in front of me. So. I mean, like I said, the contrast <laughs> opened me up to like, you know, yeah. let's yeah. not kill each other. Human yeah. beings, let's be good to each other. As an educator and mentor, you know, at Youth On Record and, you know, with your students or classes and such, who study music formally in college and like engineering, what's the importance of a college or formal style education and why does that help to bolster what you can learn on the streets and just being in the underground and doing what you do. How, how do those two different styles of education or learning about music in the process complement each other? Um, I'm not sure if I do always encourage college to be honest, to be completely honest with you. Um, I am into like financial literacy and financial learning um, for youth. I feel like academia isn't just books. It isn't just like reading and, and things like that. It has to do with it for sure. But I also feel like academia is like figuring out a beat machine or figuring out how to like make your money work for you and figure out how to hustle. I went to college and I didn't learn how to rap in college, but I know, you know, like I got lessons on musicality that I probably wouldn't have had um, just, you know, collecting records and, 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 you know, beat machines and shit like that. I actually was uh, exposed to a lot of jazz at Metro State University. We got like pretty world-renowned jazz-like program. The trumpeter named Ron Miles was my teacher. He played with like Duke Ellington, you know, Bill Frizzell, all these kind of big artists. And he's, he's a big artist himself, but he saw where I was at. You know, music engineering school, you have to kind of have a minor in music. And at the time, they were like, rap was like an alien instrument. And they were like, what? Like, what? We used to have to do like jazz recitals and, and kind of get like evaluated by like other teachers from other schools. And uh, <laughs> Ron was playing with us. And Ron's like, you know, a well-known jazz great. And he had to sit in because our trumpet player didn't make it. But we do this uh, song that I produced. I had made it on the ASR 10 and I had the band translated. And we're doing this recital and it's like, you know, over-intellectualized jazz guy was like, yes, you're doing this thing with your voice. It's like you're drumming, but you're like talking. <laughs> just like, <laughs> what the fuck, dude? Like, you've never heard of rap? Like, it was just so weird, you know, to be in that like realm of like, there's a little bit of that when I came into school, but I feel like now if you go to school, like, of course, producing, rapping, all that stuff um, is gonna be good. I tell students that I think schools can be really helpful if you know what you want to do. Like, if you want to go for this, and this school is good at that, go for that. Yeah. Actually, you know, I also think there's some validity in just getting educated and educating yourself. So even if you don't know yeah. what you want to do, yeah, go. It's a lot safer um, than learning yeah. on the streets. So I, I think that's yeah, an encouraging exactly. thing. But. It is kind of um, overpriced in a lot of ways. And um, mm -hmm. I see like a lot of, I don't know, like engagement. I, I trip out on kids in school because the way that it's structured in school just seems so like, kids are so disengaged. A lot of kids skip their class to come to my class just because it's, it's funner, you know what I mean? They're like, oh, I'm gonna come and, you know, rap and like talk about stuff and like and just be open and clear. And I think if school had a little more of that, which I don't know how it's gonna happen, but if it had a little more of that, mm -hmm. I think it would be a little bit more of a flow to, to going to school and staying in school. Yeah. Mm -hmm.
Cause I got pants on And I wore them at my waist boss I'm waiting cause I showed up You lose for the same reasons Me, I do the job that I was given And my persistence to make sure I'm winning See I can twist time and space Close my eyes and win this race Eagle dive and snatch that fish From a bear's jaw like what, bitch? Cause I stare at blank pages And create art Bought flowers, ignite them and take off I don't fake boss I spend my time pulling the rug from up under your David Blaine talk I'm winning cause I'm far from a plain thought What you thought now? You know why I wear bro? Why you wear bro? Cause I keep the loaded dice in my back pocket Yeah, yeah, yeah You know why I wear man? Got family ties like Mickey and Mallory I win cause I finish All the food on my plate, no blemish I win cause I'm first place Nothing but victory wine since the first taste I win cause I'm me And everything you pretending to be You lose cause you not us L-U-X the crew with the hot touch I win cause I'm grinning Top down, wheel spinning yeah, I win cause I'm top notch You struggle to move but me I hopscotch I win cause I'm not you God bless my friend without the odd shoe And yeah I got proof Cause see these hot shoes High step, high coals, not say I'm not cool Fly, man. Thank you so much for sitting down and chatting hey, thank for this episode of Gallery Radio. LA Native, thank you so much for filling in for UKJ. Shout outs to the boy holding it down for the gallery crew in London. He didn't, because he said he, in the beginning, he, he went to the hospital. Just clarify that he's like a, like a, a healer. You know what I mean? Because it sounded like, you know, he couldn't make it because he's in the hospital. I was like, oh man, we need to clarify oh. that. Make sure, you know, <laughs> right, he's doing bad. okay. Yeah, yeah, he's okay. Yeah, he's, he's okay. okay. As always, Check out the folks that you heard on today's show on the official website, pntg.net. Click on their link. It will take you directly to a place where you can support what they're doing. Just looking at it on Instagram and Twitter is cool, but supporting it is where it's at. pntg.net, Gallery Network, Peanut Gallery Network, all the same frame, all the same family. Thank you for listening. LA Native, Baba Fly. My name is Anacron. Peace out. Peace.
Thanks for checking out today's episode. Really appreciate it. You can find this episode and previous ones on the feed section of the Peanut Gallery website, www.pntg.net, and on selected digital streaming platforms. And until the next time, take care.